and I remember just like bawling, like crying. I was just so upset because I knew deep down this is a thing. And I remember going to bed and crying myself to sleep. I remember opening my eyes and saying, yeah, I'm gonna do it anyway. <laughs> it all started because I listened to that voice and I didn't let other people, well-meaning, beautiful, amazing people, tell me that I shouldn't do it. Welcome friends. You're listening to The Hook with Sarah Larson, a podcast that is curious about disruption and how it affects our personal lives, our careers, and the people around us. I'm your host, Sarah Larson, a business coach and serial entrepreneur, but also someone with a thirst for deep conversations. My original goal was to release two podcasts per week because I couldn't imagine limiting myself to just 52 conversations per year. The reality is that I'm trying to balance the demands of two businesses and a podcast. It's challenging, to say the least. I love putting out two podcasts per week, but I've decided to step back to one podcast per week with an extra episode or two each month going forward to give myself some breathing room. As I've said before, I'm great at coaching others, but it's difficult to see what I need to do to live the life I want to live. Each of my guests has also overcome the obstacles they have faced in their lives. Whether you are curious about starting a business, just beginning your journey as a business owner, or are a veteran entrepreneur, this is an opportunity to learn from their experiences. I hope you'll find as much inspiration from my guests as I have. Grab your favorite beverage and let's begin. Welcome to The Hook with Sarah Larson. I'm your host, Sarah Larson, and I'm so excited to introduce my guest today is my dear friend, Natalie Barnett. She is a certified nutrition coach and an embodiment coach, and we are going to talk about what that means today. She has a nutrition membership called Sane and Sustainable Nutrition, and courses, mastermind, Podcast. You're extraordinary. Oh, and a brand new podcast. <laughs> a lot of things. Oh, okay. So I kind of did the introduction, but tell us a little bit more about okay. what you do. Okay. So I actually started with just straight up nutrition coaching because I fell in love with it and I learned that there's a much better way than what we have been taught. And so I started out with that and people one-on-one, -on -one, which I really, really love one-on-one. -on -one but quickly realized that like, there's only one of me <laughs> and I want to help people. And what happens after you're done with one-on-one -on -one coaching? Like you need to have a place where you can go because the job's not done. Like we have to keep on that journey. So I decided to start a membership where they can continue. We have the community in there. They can continue to learn. There's trainings by me. There's guest trainers that I bring in from varying modalities regarding health, lifestyle, that kind of thing. And then, a little idea trickled into my brain <laughs> about how entrepreneurs, specifically female entrepreneurs, when they start a business, they have so much going on. Like maybe they have a full-time job still, and then they might have a family, they might have a volunteering that they do. There's a lot of things, and then they're adding on top of that a new endeavor, which we both know is, takes <laughs> more work than you think it's going to at first. Uh, so they tend to kind of neglect their health, but your health is your life force that, that feeds into your business. So I created a five week plan, a five week program actually called embodied entrepreneur that I 
launched and went really well. But when it was over, I was like, well, this conversation's not done yet. <laughs> I want to keep talking. There's more to, to go. So I turned that into a mastermind called the Embodied Entrepreneur Mastermind. And we have been doing that for a few months now. And then I started a podcast because, well, I wanted to keep talking about this stuff. Now you can't shut me up about it. <laughs> so here I am uh, sitting here with you talking. This is like amazing. I'm so excited to be here. So thank you for asking me. Of course. <laughs> well, I will <clears throat> caveat this by saying I am in the membership. <laughs> I have taken Embodied Entrepreneur, the course, and I'm a member of the Mastermind. Right. So it has given me really an amazing peek into Natalie's world, and I could not recommend it more. <laughs> I have gotten so much out of it, and, and you would think, perhaps, as an outsider looking in, like, well, Sarah's a business coach. Why would she need to do this Embodiment Entrepreneur journey and the reality is that it's a lot of mindset and we all need that yeah. and it's just the camaraderie yeah of all the women that are in the group mm -hmm. the networking opportunities mm -hmm. the safe space to talk about our challenges and as women as humans yeah. <laughs> and as entrepreneurs. So um, I, I'm really excited about it. I, and I love being part of it. And I'm thrilled that you are launching a podcast, which has been released the first episodes. Mm -hmm. Very exciting. And they're great. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so I don't think we want to shut you up. How okay, about that? Well, I'll keep talking. <laughs> well, you can't even try. I think yeah. you have so much to share, so much knowledge and um, wisdom. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> well, let's rewind a little bit. Okay. I, I typically start with, you know, where did you grow up? What was that growing up like? Okay, so I grew up in Fairfax County, Virginia, so outside of D.C. I was born in D.C., lived in Northern Virginia for my whole life. Um, I'm the oldest or eldest, I don't know how, I think, I think it's eldest, of three kids. I have a younger sister and a younger brother. And my parents both worked. My mom worked as a hotel concierge at very fancy hotels. So we had some pretty cool perks with that. And my dad designed swimming pools. He, I remember him being at his draft board, designing these pools and he would go out and sell pools. And we had a pool. It was really fun. I really liked being the oldest because I know best. No, <laughs> but it was really great. I grew up as a gymnast. And I think I started late though. I started at seven and a half, which is late for gymnastics. Um, but I made it to a pretty high level and then ended up doing high school gymnastics and it was fun. I played softball for a little bit. But yeah, we were, we were a close, close family and I don't know, I have just fond memories of growing up. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. It sounds nice. I didn't know about the, the yeah. swimming pool design. That's pretty cool. Yeah, he was very artistic, very creative. Yeah. <laughs> what did you do after high school? Oh, that's a good question. So I went to Virginia Tech, go Hokies. I'm just saying, I have to say that all the time. I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I chose psychology. So I, my, I mean, I majored in psychology, I minored in Spanish. And I had a great time in college, but I did not want to continue on like 
to be a psychology major, you have to, to do anything with that. You really, that's like good job, step number one. You graduated from undergrad, now you need to go and get more education so that you can go off and do these things. But I didn't really want to do that, so I got a job out of college at a, for an estate planning attorney. And I was her basically assistant and helped do like the wills and trusts. So I was able to learn a little bit about that, which was really cool. Except it just wasn't, I, I wasn't meant to do that. I was so not lit up at all by it. My boyfriend at the time lived in Williamsburg. And so th this was, this is so not like me, but I was like, I'm, I'm quitting and I'm moving to Williamsburg. I did not have a job. <laughs> I lived, I did not have a place to live. I lived on like the couch at the, where Steve was living. I lived there. And then we decided to like move in together and I found the jo a job over at the Williamsburg Indoor Sports Complex and gymnastics. I was like, I used to do gymnastics. I just kind of followed, as we'll talk about probably, like yeah. my spleen, like I followed my human design, but not even knowing what that was. Yeah. Um, I just followed what was lighting me up at the time. So I had a long career at the, the at the WISC, but I had all three of my kids while I was working there as the gymnastics director, and then got to a point where I was like, never really seeing my kids. I mean, I joke that my hours were nine to five plus nights and weekends, <laughs> which is what it really was yeah. a lot of the time. So I started to get a little bit restless and was looking for something else. And that's putting it mildly, I was literally staring off into space in my living room being like, is this it? Is this it? Like, we're just supposed to do this over and over again. And remember my husband's like, yeah, that's what we're <laughs> supposed to do. I'm like, it just never sat well with me. So I was just waiting for something or willing something else to come along. So yeah, that, that was my, that's my backstory before things started to get more in the flow. But as you change and things move forward, Yes, it felt good to be doing what I was doing, but there were, there were challenges in that as yeah. well. Well, just the, you mentioned, oh, I just was so unlike me, but I just up and moved to Williamsburg from Northern Virginia, and that's a big step. Mm -hmm. um, what, I mean, I, I know we're, we are going to talk about human design, and you have splenic authority. Which... It like, feels like an intuition. Yeah. And the only way I can describe it, it sounds crazy, but like, I just like, I hear it over here on the left side of my brain, like, oh, this so... is what you need to do. I'm like, okay, I need to do it. Like, it's, just, it's like an intuition. It's really fast. Yeah. So, so interesting. I know. Well, was there any kind of identity shift with that? Did you mm. feel like, who am I? Who is this person when you did that? Yeah, I think it. I think it was more of there's something greater. There's something else out there for me that's not here. Mm -hmm. I just knew I was following what lit me up. I just knew I was going to be happier if I left and like tried something new. But if I stayed, I was. I just knew I wasn't happy. I think that was really what it was at that point. Uh, I feel like I was much more clear back then and got a little bit muddier when you have, you know, kids and <laughs> responsibilities and like all that stuff. But then I was like, I can do it. What's holding me back? Let's just listen to this voice and go, you know? I think that's more what it was then. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I know the story of how you met Steve. <laughs> Will you share that? Yes. <laughs> okay, so I met, okay, his 
sister was my roommate in college. We were supposed to have other people move in to our apartment. We cleaned up the apartment and those people no-showed. And we were like, oh my gosh, this is awful. We need someone to live with us. His sister, Anne-Marie, called and said, hey, we see that you have uh, an opening. Can we come and look at it? We're like, yeah, why not now? Because it's clean. Like, it's not yeah. going to be clean forever. <laughs> you got to clean up all the beer cans and all that. So she came over, and long story short, she moved in. And then I met Steve a little bit because he also went to Virginia Tech. He's my age. Anne-Marie's a couple years younger than me. So I had already known him, but this one particular day, his car got towed down in Blacksburg and he was sitting on the couch in our apartment and I was down across at my graduation party came upstairs to get something from my apartment walked in saw him sitting there and the voice <laughs> I'm gonna sound like a crazy person I promise um, said oh you're gonna marry him one day yeah and I was <laughs> like oh okay carry on <laughs> you know like, so I just moved moved on we started Literally that night, we're like texting back and forth. The old school te texting where you had to push five, three times to get the right, you know, it's like dee, 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 dee. It was so a pain funny. in the butt. But back then, I was like, this is so great. I don't have to talk to anybody. <laughs> Which is where all those crazy abbreviations for texting came from. That is yeah. just, you know, for those of you who don't yeah. know. We were trailblazers, basically, <laughs> sure. is what we're trying to say yes. here. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, back to the story. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's very, very introverted. He's very quiet. Um, and I'm actually an introvert too, but I was like, you know, pursuing, I guess. And because I, this voice told me, like, I just knew it. It was not just a voice, you guys. It, it was a feeling. It was a feeling and intuition of a knowing that like, this is what, this is the person. Like, mm -hmm. I just knew it. So anyway, we were dating for a while, probably six months or so when I decided to just move down here and figure it out. So I'm, I'm really, man. Can you imagine if those people hadn't, if the first people didn't come to that apartment and I didn't meet Anne-Marie and I didn't like, it's just crazy how these things had to happen. Yeah. Yeah. The ripple effect. Yes. <laughs> you move to Williamsburg. Yeah. Eventually you get married. Yes. You're having kids. You're working at the whisk, mm -hmm. which by the way, every, I mean, you know this, but every person, I, I run into so many people that are like, oh, oh, you know, Natalie Barnett. I know Natalie Barnett because Natalie has coached like every kid yeah. <laughs> in gymnastics in this area. It's just so funny. Yeah, I think I've coached like over a thousand kids in my wow. life. Like, yeah, and some now of them, some of them now are, are getting married, having their own kids and stuff. So, yeah, crazy. <laughs> okay, so you're working there, and then yeah. tell us. Okay, what happened when you were staring off into space, going, <laughs> "Is this it?" Well, something got dropped in front of me and um, I was working at a meet, a gymnastics meet, and a beautiful lady came up to me and was like, thank you so much for letting me be a vendor here. I have some products for you to sample. I was like, oh, thank you so much. But I was so overwhelmed. I had been working the entire weekend and just, and I was like, thank you. I went home and I threw them somewhere probably, like in a drawer or whatever, and then moved on with my life. Six months later, another meet, same super cute little blonde lady comes up and gives me another bag of samples and I'm like, thank you. I'm going to use these again. I loved them last time. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. So anyway, but I can't be a jerk. So I did try to use these products and they were Arbonne products and it was like protein. We have energy fizz sticks and there was some skincare and I was like, man, I loved it. And I was like, where did I put that other bag? I want to get some more. So anyway, I, f I started following her. Um, you know, you always Facebook stalk people before you commit. That's just, we 
that's what we do. Right. And I learned her name is Leanne Quinn. I'm going to give her a huge shout out here because Leanne Quinn just changed my life. And she introduced me to the brand of Arbonne and it was kind of like, I remember that experience again, that intuition of this is it. This is it. I felt it so powerfully inside of me. Like this is the thing that's going to get me moving in a different direction. And I told my husband about it and he was like, yeah, no, that's, that's a pyramid scheme. <laughs> what he, I'm just going to be honest. That's what he said. And I was like, what's a pyramid scheme? Like, I didn't even know what that was. So I did some research. I talked to Leanne and she's like, we, we get that a lot. And here's why it's not, you know, we sell products. You have to sell products. You only get paid on products. Anyway, she goes through all of that. And he's like, I don't want you to do it. And I'm like, this man does not tell me what to do. We don't have that kind of relationship. I do what I want to do. Yes, (laughs) I do what I want. Um, And he told me like, I don't want you to do it. And I remember just like bawling, like crying. I was just so upset because I knew deep down this is a thing. And I remember going to bed and crying myself to sleep. I remember opening my eyes and saying, yeah, I'm gonna do it anyway. (laughs) And so I started my business. I did not have his support at first. But I will say he came so far around because he saw what I was doing. I was building an organization. I was building a client base. I was really growing and changing as a person. I was becoming better. And he started to come around from that. So I have been an Arbonne consultant for over six years. And then at a certain point, there is something inside of me, and, and we can talk about this in a little bit, but where I'm supposed to have my own business. I'm supposed to have my own thing. And there's a huge, like my life's work is me standing on my own two feet, me building something from the ground up, like me being able to support myself. I have to be, I have to have that for my purpose, like my inner being. So I wanted to learn more about nutrition. So I went back to school and learned more about nutrition. And then I opened my own business and now I told you at the beginning how it's like completely morphed, but it all started because I listened to that voice and I didn't let other people, well-meaning, beautiful, amazing people, tell me that I shouldn't do it. I I followed what what I knew to be true. So that's a long story, but that's that's the story. (laughs) No, of course. That's a story that I wanted to hear. I specifically asked you ahead of time, like, mm-hmm. let's talk about yeah. that experience where Steve was not supporting you. Mm-hmm. And Steve is a great guy. Oh, yeah. He's such, totally a, he's such a gentle soul. Yes. He is. So for him to say, no, you can't do that mm-hmm. is kind of an interesting yeah. concept. Yeah. And so now let's talk about, if you don't mind, digging into another topic that yeah. we love. Yeah. Well, actually, I'll tell you what, let's back up just okay. for a second. Okay. Because You have spoken about this in a women's group that we both are part of, Mm -hmm. the identity shift that had to happen when you started this new business Mm -hmm. uh, with Arbonne. Mm -hmm. So talk about that a little bit. Okay. So I had to go from, I'm, I'm an employee, I show up, I clock in, I get paid, that kind of thing, trading my time for a paycheck. I had to change my identity to somebody who is really like putting my trust and my eggs in a different basket, right? And not knowing what's going to happen. I don't get paid for showing up and doing presentations. I don't get paid for getting on social media and saying, these are the products and this is what I do and all of that. I get paid when somebody 
purchases products. So I had to become CEO. I had to step into that new identity and embody that. For me, embodiment means taking knowledge from your head and putting it into your body. It's kind of like if you're a parent, you're like, I know I'm going to love my kids. Like, I know I'm going to love my kids, but you don't know until they're there, right? It's a different knowing. There's so many examples that you can have for that, but I had to really learn to trust myself because there were so many people, I mean, a lot of people like making jokes at me or thinking, who, who do you think you are? Like, explain to me, is this really what you want to do? I had to put myself in that mindset of, I'm not thinking about right now, I'm thinking about long term. I had to really see who I wanted to be in the future and start pulling her closer to me. And I knew every time I got on there on social media and talked about a product or every time I got up and stood in front of an um, audience and talked about the business or whatever I was doing, it was pulling this person closer to me. You don't have to know everything, but I just had to, I don't know, I just had to embody that CEO mindset. And that's something that we talk about a lot. <laughs> yeah. I'm a people pleaser by nature. I had to let go of that. And it's still a work in progress, but I can't, like, honestly, it's, I can't believe how much it took for me to do that. And I, and I did it. And I became pretty successful at it, too. So, um, yeah, that was, that was an identity shift right there. I am no longer just an employee. I am a boss. I am a CEO. And this is how I need to look. I look for the future. It's not just about what I'm doing right now, me being uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, you know, I love the word disruption and talking about disruption. And that is an example of a disruption you chose. Yes. Something that really disrupted Steve's life. Mm-hmm really disrupted your own, required this whole identity shift. And I think it's pretty incredible that you just stuck with your gut on that and moved forward. Yeah. And you have created something really beautiful yeah, thank you. I, that I love. Thank so, you. yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about, let's talk about one of our favorite subjects, yeah. human design. So you mentioned that you have this you know, gut feeling and, and your life purpose. Mm -hmm. Oh, tell me more. Okay. Let's dive into it. Yeah. Okay. So, um, human design, I, I learned about it from, I guess our mutual mentor, Alison Cullen, like we learned human design from her and not just in a, this is what it is, but this is how you apply it to your life and how you can actually apply it to every large decision that you need to make. I learned that I am a projector. My energy type is a projector and there's five energy types. There's a manifesting generator, which is what you are, what yes. Steve is. There's a generator, there is a projector, there is a manifester and a reflector. And projectors are about 20% of the population. And we are not designed to work, you know, eight hours a day, go, go, go. We are designed to work three to four hour sprints kind of and then we rest and we refuel and I have never felt more seen than when I learned that about myself uh, because the nine to five plus nights and weekends career was wreaking havoc on my physical body and my mental health as well so when you don't operate within that and you don't listen to your authority which is how you receive messages from God or the universe or whoever 
you pray to because this is not a religion then if you don't follow that that's when you start to feel unwell so I learned I'm a projector and not only that but I have Blenick authority which is the oldest authority you can have it's like intuitive and it's quiet at first so if you have that little thought in your mind like you should turn left here turn left you're like no oh, I was gonna go this way like that's kind of how it, it's almost like a spidey sense like no no turn left that kind of thing <laughs> I have to listen to that but it's so quiet and it doesn't repeat itself so if I'm not careful I can miss it and I can and it's not bad like nothing awful is gonna happen to you it's just that you are more aligned when you listen to your authority Steve is a manifesting generator and you guys are fascinating you're like some of my favorite peeps in the entire world because you really can you do have an energy like a motor that just keeps going and he can work all day then he gets home and like will do the dishes make dinner do the laundry fix the sink do all the things like, and and here I am I'm like I gotta work for three to four hours and then I'm gonna be on the couch taking a nap or just watching something that's interesting or reading a book or whatever to refuel and then I can go again. So it's very interesting to have those two dynamics. Yes, it is. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that I really would love to hear you talk about or address is how that works in a marriage yeah. because it can be very challenging and I'm sure that you have felt that guilt of like, well, he's just going and going. And even as you know mm -hmm. what you are now mm -hmm. and why you feel this way, still having those feelings, how do you yes. how do you manage that? Okay, so the thing that I have come to learn is that we live in a generator world. Like, if you wanna get something done, wake up earlier, work harder, do more hustle, 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 like that kind of thing. And I actually don't think that's good for anybody, but generators can handle it a little bit more than, than projectors. But we want to try to keep up with everybody. We want to fit in. And when we just physically can't, like I'll, I just, it gets to a point where I'm like, I can't. I, I have to go lay down, like literally lay down. I'm not, I'm not joking. And so when I thought there was something wrong with me, I've always felt like I'm lazy, I need more sleep, that's just kind of how I am, but I'm also, I know I get a lot done and I'm very efficient and I can see the right things to do. I can see that. Like I can see other people very clearly, struggle a little bit seeing myself, which is where you come in. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've had that conversation too, where as a coach, mm -hmm. the person that you can't always see what you need to do is yourself. That's so true. And that's why it's important to have someone outside of you to coach yeah. and so yes we have exchanged those services <laughs> absolutely because I need I need that she'll you'll tell me something I'll be like oh right <laughs> okay yeah so Steve will get yeah you know, he'll do all the things like we'll wake up on a Saturday and he's already done five things where I'm just like sipping my coffee like trying to get going so I, th I think where it shows up the most is that I'm lazy there's also an identity of he's the neat one, I'm the messy one. I'm the creative one, he's the logical one. So it's just what you perceive the society and the people around you to value more. That's 
kind of what we see is like, well, they're very logical and they're, they get a lot done and they work really hard. And so just valuing myself, this is the biggest thing I had to learn. I have to value myself over anyone else, like valuing me. I have to know, see myself and, and recognize that I have a lot of value. The other day, I'll just use, as an example, it's better with examples. Yeah, okay. tell us a story. Yes, here's a story. So the other, other day, I was very, very low in energy, and there's also, like, I'm a female, so like there's a cyclical nature of our month, too, so I was very, very low, and I was like telling him about it, and I worked two hours that day, and then I went on the couch, and like, I was in and out of sleep and watching something for two and a half hours, okay? And I told him about my day, and he was like, yeah, it's what you do. Oh, God. <laughs> And he did not mean it in any kind of way, but I took it to be like, oh, that's what you do because you're so lazy. Like, I added that. Yes. And, and he, I was like, why'd you say it that way? And he's like, no, it's just what you do. I'm like, I know. And? And what about it? And he's like, no, that's what you need to do. And I was like, yes, that's what I need to do. Thank you. And I, you know, walk out. <laughs> Um, because it's just that little shift in language of that's what you need to do. Yeah. He sees all that I do and he, he is the first to like praise me. Words of affirmation are my thing because, you know, as a projector, I need to hear that you see me and recognize me. So he's the first to tell me all that all the time. So I, I absolutely love that. But just that little tweak of language will make it be like from that's what you do because you're lazy in my mind and that's what you need to do so that you can function properly, yeah. right? That made me feel yeah. so much better. And, he, and the fact that he recognizes that now, yes. you have shared a lot of human design information with him, yes. which is great that he's so, yeah. um, I don't know, is open the right word? That he's so open to it, but he's willing to accept that this is mm -hmm. a thing and he's seen yeah. in you what that difference can make yeah, because that's... you are able to accomplish so much. Yeah. One of the things with projectors is that you're very efficient. So even though you only work for a few hours, you're very productive yeah. for that time. Right. So that's a really great thing to keep in mind. Yes. <laughs> One of the things that I have found so interesting about human design is understanding the differences of other people. And it has made me so much more understanding or giving when it comes to giving yeah. grace to other people a little better because I recognize now that we're not all built the same. And one of the things with manifesting generators is that we like to skip steps. First of all, we like to do a lot of things. Yes. And I do a lot of things. But we also like to skip steps. So I get an idea in my head and I just plow forward. Mm -hmm. Now, my husband is a generator. And I have had some challenge with his design because Virginia birth certificates don't have a time of birth. Right. And human design is based on the place and exact time of your birth. So one day I sat down and I did, I ran his chart for every half hour on the day he was born. And then I started studying the differences for all those charts and, and because I've known him, we've been together for 10 years, I know him pretty well. I know kind of how he works. We've worked together in business and 
so I understand some of his things and I think I've been able to sort of narrow it down. He's not been as interested in learning more about it, yeah. <laughs> but that's okay. Maybe we'll get there, but it is interesting how our interactions can be a little bit different. Just knowing his design, even if he's not paying attention to it or doesn't care about it at the moment, one of the things, getting back to manifesting generators, skipping steps, yes. is that we move real fast and I started this business without really telling him. <laughs> and that wasn't very fair. <laughs> I've since realized that's a big disruption to him. Mm -hmm. And it is for me too, that mm -hmm. I'm starting something new, but it's an exciting new for me. And it is an identity change for me, but it's also a change to the identity that he saw me as. Right. So that is something that I'm trying to get better at. I'm working on sharing more with him about what I'm doing ahead of time because that is something that I'm supposed to do is right. inform other people because when manifesting generators and manifestors move really fast through the world, it sends out ripples of energy that can upset other people if they don't know what's going on. Right. And I'm starting to recognize that a little more too. But the skipping steps, <laughs> we're fast and we move forward and we skip steps and we do things without reading the instructions or, <laughs> or thinking things through all the way. When I try new technology, I do a lot of intuitive learning. And if a program has a good user interface, then I love them mm -hmm. because I don't have to watch all the tutorials to learn how to do everything. And I hate it when I have to rewind <laughs> and go back and read the steps, watch the tutorials, read the instructions. So you get really frustrated. I right? get really yeah. frustrated and that is something that manifesting generators and generators do is when our flow is disrupted, we get extremely frustrated. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many things I've nearly broken because of frustration. <laughs> I loved this description that I heard, and I think it was from Karen Curry Parker at Quantum Human Design explained it this way. It's more of a explosion of energy and not being mad at someone else for interrupting our flow or, yeah. or anger. It's less about anger than it is just an explosion of energy because we were in a flow, something disrupted it, and it had to go somewhere, and it comes out as frustration or anger. This is the reason why human design just fascinates me to no end because there's so many things to learn. You can always dig deeper, always learn more, and it helps us become better humans yeah. when we can understand that not everybody is exactly the same as us. Mm -hmm. It gives us so much more empathy. It does. Not only can you apply it in so many areas of your own life, but like it, you're more generous with your grace to other people because I know how, how Steve is built to, to go. And like when he decides to fix the sink, which I'm so happy he does that, right? But then we're like, oh, I don't have this part. And then we had to order the part. And then the part comes, oh, this part doesn't fit. I don't have a part for that part. So we got to go get another part. And I'm like, it doesn't even phase me. And yeah. I'm like, this is his process. He's going right. to get it done. If he gets frustrated, I just let him do that thing. I'm, I trust that he's going to get it done. And he always gets it done. Yeah. It, did he, like, if we could have read a thing and like gone through it, maybe it would have been faster. But it doesn't matter. He needs to tinker. He needs to 
figure it out for himself. It's just how he's built. So it makes you just let him do it. It's going to be great. Yeah. <laughs> one of the things that you said earlier I thought was really interesting, how you were the creative one and he's the logical one. Something that I'm learning mm-hmm. is that we all have some creativity because I would have said that I was the logical one too. I'm logic, I'm process, I enjoy analyzing things. I have discovered that I have creativity. So tell me, yeah. what is creative about Steve? What's his talent or gift when it comes to creativity? For a man of few words, he's really good with words. For my 42nd birthday, I woke up and I had a poem and it was kind of silly but also sweet poem. And he will take his time, like he will go on a computer and type out a letter to somebody. Then he will transcribe it in his hand and write that. And once you read, you read that letter, it's like, I've been seen. He's really good with words. And it's always funny because he's, you know, he's quiet. So like, you like, you wouldn't expect that, but he's very good with words. I'm sure there's, there's so many other. Yeah. I'm sure there's more, but just recognizing that he has. Yeah some creativity yeah, in there absolutely. And, and hopefully he recognizes that about himself too yeah. maybe he doesn't see it as creativity right i enjoy writing mm-hmm. i've been told i'm fairly good at it mm-hmm. i find it much easier to this is the challenge with social media for me because i find it much easier to write a caption yeah. the, and communicate than i do getting on a video mm-hmm. a reel or a story or something mm-hmm. and communicating the same thing because I like to think about the words that I'm using. Yes. And when I'm in the moment, I can't do that. that so makes so much sense. I think it maybe it's a Manny Jen thing. Oh, maybe. Because he has to plan it out. Yeah. And then and then it's spot on. And I mean it can get excessive because I can write an email and then tweak it for an hour mm-hmm. before I send it, and that's just too much. Mm-hmm. But I do like to make sure that I'm communicating because written word doesn't come with the facial expressions and the intonation of when you're talking. I like to make sure that when I'm writing something that I'm using words that will communicate that intonation, hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully I'm good at that. Yeah. Um, I feel like I'm pretty good at it. You are. And thank you. I can can confirm. (laughs) You can confirm. I didn't really think about it that way, but that is one of the challenges that I have with social media and the fact that everybody wants video these days. Right. Right. Yeah. I can see that for sure. I'm comfortable with this version of video. I mean, we are recording this on video, even though most people will likely listen to it through their headset or in their car, but I'm okay with this version of speaking on the fly. Yeah. And and because it's conversational, like, Mm -hmm. you know, you're talking, I can see how if you're talking to a phone or just there's no response. That's what it is. It's the response. <gasps> oh my gosh. We just figured it out. Oh, we are we have solved the world. So this is another <laughs> manifesting generator and generator thing is that we are meant to respond. Projectors put out invitations, right? Yes, we have to wait for the invitation, but you I wait look for at the it atta- as create. Cr- create the invitation mm-hmm. so that somebody can respond to it. Right. And we respond to the, that. And you're right, that is my challenge with the video. Mm-hmm when I'm just talking to my phone because I'm not responding to anyone like I am here. That intuitive speech that I have is coming out in our conversation, but not so much 
I, and also, I don't know if this is necessarily a manifesting generator thing or if it's just me, but I do well talking through something. Yeah. I'm like just talking through that mm -hmm. made me realize, oh, right. I have made a lot of discoveries like that. Always good to find out something new. I know. And on camera, like you <laughs> and, watched it happen. Yes. And I, <laughs> I, now I wonder, okay, what can I do to change that so that I can create those videos that are so mm -hmm. seemingly necessary for mm -hmm. social media these days? How can I create those? Maybe I just need to get better at sharing videos of these conversations, yeah, like little, little clips. clips of these conversations so that I don't have to create yeah. a conversation with myself. Absolutely. And I, lo I love actually doing that. You, this is your long form content. Yeah. You can chop it up into little pieces and make multiple different things and it draws people over to the long form. And I mean, you can totally do that. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, we figured it out. Love it. <laughs> We make a really good team <laughs> yeah. and we have collaborated on mm -hmm. some things because of our complementary energy, Yeah, really, mm -hmm. that has been just magical for me. I know, me too. It's so much fun. It is. <laughs> and you're the person who introduced human design to me. You just happened to throw it out in a conversation one day and my ears just went, what is human design? Yeah. I wanted to know immediately what that is and as soon as you said it and how I could, you know, mm -hmm. like you need to tell me where I find out more. Yeah. And I went immediately to get my chart and start learning. Yeah. And I am one of those people who can sometimes seem like the dog <laughs> who's, you know, attention can be grabbed by all these things, but and then I tend to dive in mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, to learn as much as possible about something and I skip around and try all different things, but this is one that I've dug into more and more over the last nine months maybe, yeah. if that. And I'm just so tantalized by all of the things that I still have to learn. That's a good word, tantalized. Yeah, it, I mean, it's, it's you. You get to dive deeper into understanding you, and then you get to dive deeper into understanding your relationship with your parents even, you know, yeah. your husband, your kids, like you can apply it. It's never ending. And it is why we're here to put our, like I've heard it explained, like as a puzzle, each of us is a puzzle piece and we can't try to fit into somebody else's piece. We have to be our own piece. That's how we're all going to live and thrive together is by being ourselves and complementing each other. Like it's, it's so important. So yeah, you can keep diving deeper into it. I love that. Well, one of the things that you mentioned earlier was how you had this purpose that yeah. you needed to have your own business and build something for yourself. Yeah. Tell us more about that. Okay. So in your human design, there is something called your incarnation cross and there's four different gates. This stuff is scientific to me. I love me some woo, but I also love science. I'm kind of in the middle there. This is scientific too. So there's different energy gates. And if you look at Chinese medicine, the meridian points, all the energy points, there's one that is specific to having your own thing, creating your own business. And it's in a specific energy chakra called the ego center. And I have that one lit up. I have always felt this, and this is my number one 
gate that I need to work on is my life's work. My life's work is to support myself, to create something from the ground up for me that is made by me, not just for me, but for everybody. But it has to be my own. And I have felt that so deeply since I was a kid. I have always known that I, no matter what, like, you know, if I get, if I get married, if I get divorced, if I, whatever happens to me in my financial and relational world, I need to be able to support myself. That has, I'm so fiercely independent in that way. Okay, so that's, that's, uh, that's one. And then there's, there's three others, and the um, last one is your purpose, and that one, ironically, is for me to wake people up. And like to, it's called the gate of shock. Like I'm supposed to wake people up and shock them out. And that scares me because I, don't, I am not a polarizing person. I don't want to be a polarizing person, but I do feel strongly that we do need to wake up to our purpose and that you don't have to conform to everything that everybody else tells you you need to do. That's why anything that encourages you to break the rules or at least understand what rules you're operating under Mm -hmm. and then choose which ones that you want to break. Start small, I I always say. But that's my purpose is to wake other people up from out of their fear-based patterns into what really lights them up and awaken that part of them. Because honestly, we need we need you. Like we need you. We need everybody to do that. Going back to those puzzle pieces. So a lot of what I talk about, and I, I think action is the way to do this. Aligned action. You have to take the steps. We live in a world where you have to do certain things. You can't just like, you know, meditate and manifest things. There are action steps you have to do. That's how I think anyway. Different people will say differently, but you won't take those actions unless you believe you're the type of person that does those things. And that's where the embodiment comes in. And so that's what I coach my clients through is, who do you wanna be? What does that person do? What does that person believe? What does that person not believe? How does that person dress, eat, fuel themselves, move their bodies? How do they create offers for other people? How do they show up in the world? That's how we're going to start to behave so that we can bring these things around. When you believe you're a marathon runner, you will go and train for a marathon. I do not believe I'm a marathon runner. <laughs> therefore, I am not out there running to train. You know, So you really have yeah. to embody that knowledge from here to inside your body. So that's, that's my purpose. <laughs> I love it. I think it's really interesting. I, I love when you use fitness as a storytelling device to help people understand because sports slash fitness something Mm -hmm. that a lot of people understand Mm -hmm. even if they're not big into those things right we've been ingrained with them Mm -hmm. over the years and you mentioned like i am not a marathon runner i do not envision myself as a marathon runner and therefore i am not i'm not training for one i went through a period years ago where I was married to a guy who was such a workout fiend. Mm -hmm. Um, This is a man who did an Ironman when Mm -hmm. he was 40. Mm -hmm. And I said, more power to you. Get out there and do all that swimming, biking, and running. Have fun. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I was willing to support it, but I didn't want to be part of it. But I had another friend who said, oh, I'm going to do this half marathon. You know, would you be willing to, you know, train with me, let's do it together. Well, 
she got me into the idea of doing it. I looked up and came up with a uh, training routine and started following it. And I had never really been a runner. I had never really run more than a couple of miles and didn't love it. Mm-hmm. I always heard about that euphoria that, that long distance runners yes. get or people who work out really hard get this euphoric feeling. I always thought that was complete bullshit <laughs> and there was no way that was something for me. But one day I felt it mm-hmm. and I was in it was like the first time that I ran three miles, which was the longest I'd ever run. Mm -hmm. And suddenly I was like, oh, okay, I could do this. Yes, I can be a half marathoner. The end of that story doesn't end. And now I've run five marathons. No, (laughs) I ran one half marathon. And about a month before, I started having some pains. And I remember being passed by a walker on the route that day uh just like seriously i'm running slower than the walker (laughs) and uh, it took me a long time to finish it and i got done and i looked at my husband who again at that time was the person who did an iron man and i said okay well i've checked off that box and i'm never ever doing this again and he said no you might i'm like nope i will not and hey i'm a woman of my word no interest in running another half yeah, marathon. I get it. I get it. But you tried, you tried. And I mean, yeah. I've tried different things too. And, and that's where you're going to try things and they're not going to work out, but you're learning from it. And yeah, I've done CrossFit. I've done yeah. Olympic weightlifting. I have not run a race. I just don't want to. <laughs> but you took that action. You have to try on identities sometimes. Right. It's okay. I tried that one on mm-hmm. and said, mm, not, not for, me. for me. One of my things is I want to dig more into that life purpose. I, I kind of sort of know, and I want to dig in a little more. I think where yours was like you needed to do something for yourself, I think that mine has to do with sharing a message with the world. Yeah. Which, here we are on a podcast yeah. that, you know, hopefully someday hundreds of thousands of people will listen to. They will. And I'm getting that message out. It grows in baby steps, mm-hmm. but yes, yeah, you're doing where we are it. today. I'm doing I it. I know, and it's so fun to, to like watch you do this. Oh, you're amazing. It's so fun to do it, yeah. so I'm yeah. just enjoying myself, so, which yeah. is the great part. Exactly. It's something that really lights me up, and that is a human design yeah. kind of terminology, I guess, of doing the things that light you up, the things that give you joy and give you energy Yes. to keep doing. Exactly. Like, this is work, but it's not, doesn't feel like work. Right. So I don't count it towards my three to four hours. <laughs> Yay. Uh, Natalie, thank you so much for, for doing this and for being open to talking about all these things and sharing your stories. It's really fun. Oh my gosh, I had so much fun. I feel like this could be a really long podcast if we kept going. Well, that's it. I feel like we really could, we could keep, keep talking. Yeah. I mean, we've had these similar conversations so many times. So so fun. Thank you so much. Natalie has become a dear friend and business bestie over the past year. We have such a complimentary energy, and it has led to amazing collaboration on so many levels, including a natural ability to coach each other. Her story of going from people-pleasing burnout to starting her own business in network marketing that even her husband couldn't quite understand was just the start of a transformation into the strong CEO she has become.
We share a thirst for knowledge and we're constantly sharing new resources with each other as we progress in our personal growth journeys. I loved this opportunity to talk about human design on the podcast. And if you're intrigued and would like to learn more, you can begin by getting your human design chart. I've provided a link in the show notes to get your free chart and you'll find some other basic information on that site. Natalie and I both know that knowing about your human design does not in itself mean you will be successful, but when combined with action that aligns with your energy, interesting things begin to happen. My goal as a business coach is to eliminate the stress of overwhelm for entrepreneurs. I know there is no magic blueprint that works for every business, just as each person is designed differently. Trying to do everything you've been told you must do to succeed is exhausting, and being a business owner can be very lonely without the support of someone who understands what you are going through. If you'd like to have someone to listen to your challenges and provide strategies specific to you and your vision, I'd love to talk to you. You can schedule a chat with me through the link in the show notes to see if I'm the right advisor for you. If you haven't already subscribed to my newsletter, now is the time. I send an email once or twice a week that contains my own stories, business advice, and recommendations, and my subscribers are the first to know when I have something new to share. And if you haven't heard me say it yet, I have something new to share very soon. You can also find me on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at I am Sarah Larson. That's Sarah with an H, Larson with an E. All social media and website links for me and Natalie are in the show notes. If you liked this episode, the best way to let me know is with a five-star review. My desire is that as many people as possible will be inspired by the stories shared here. Thank you, friends. See you next time.